Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally as well as how to incorporate fine motor skills and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We're finishing off the last few topics in school therapy tips with the help of YourTherapySource.com. Then we're going to bring a few other topics to finish off and round out the school year in Season 2 here of OT Talk. Then we're going to take our summer hiatus and come back with the start of the new school year with more school therapy tips and then even more school therapy tips and talking about OT OT's role across the continuum, across the settings here on OT Talk with Mr. T. Today, let's talk about transitions with the help of YourTherapySource.com. In general, for kids, it's very hard to go from thing to thing, from item to item, from activity to activity without being prompted, without being warned, and without being given advance notice. A lot of times, especially with our oldest, our preschooler, I try to prompt him, I try to give him notice, especially when we were transitioning him to school. We kept telling him for weeks and weeks and weeks, we're going to go to school, we're going to be starting school. This way, when he went to school, and it was a huge adjustment because he never was in school before, this way he kind of knew it was coming and then that first week was still difficult but not nearly as difficult as it would have been as we not prompted him as we not told him about the transition that was going to take place and when we switched him to a bed also we kept warning him kept telling him kept telling kept reminding him reminding reminding him and with potty training also thank god we've been much more successful bleeding horribly nether poo 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 and with things like that, we had to keep warning, keep telling him that it was coming, it was coming, it's coming. And we have to keep saying, do you need to go potty? Please tell me we need to go potty. And we're going to go to a big bed, right? We're going to go to school, right? And I always say, right, to make it into a question for him to understand. And then a lot of times he repeats it back to me. So we have to give kids the prompting. We have to let them know what's going on, not just for kids when we're dealing with switching activities in school for special needs, even for regular kids. Tell them we have 10 minutes left to the art center before we switch to science. We have five minutes left in the science center before we switch to math. Maybe even use that time timer we talk about that has the visual cue and shows you how much time is left and shows you the red bar slowly going down. Because if you stop an activity, especially that a kid really likes without giving them the warning, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for a tantrum, God forbid. They're not going to want to switch. But if you give them the warning, you give them the forenotice and the forewarning that it's coming, that should be helpful. And that also applies with kids, children, in general. You're going to the store, tell them when you're leaving for the store. Tell them when you're going to the store. Tell them when it's time to leave the store. You're going to the office, leaving the office. Always give them the forewarning. Wouldn't you like to know if somebody was coming to your house or if you were going somewhere without being thrown in a car, thrown in a bus without knowing? So to our kids, they need to know. They want to know. Let's give them that advance notice always. So we also could give other tips about transitions, making them easier. We should... Number one, establish a consistent schedule or routine for the student or child to follow. Provide visual picture symbols if necessary for the student to follow. In my current school and in many schools across the board, even in regional non-special ed schools, Regular general ed, they have a picture schedule, especially for the kids. The kids know that from 8 to 8.45 is breakfast or whatever. Then they know from 8.45 to 9.30 is ELA. 9.30 to 10.15 is gym. And 10.15 to 11 is art. You have the visual schedule. You always know what's coming. And if something is out of whack, if something thrown off, 
the kid will be entirely thrown off. Keep to that schedule and change the schedule around for whatever day you might have music, whatever day you might not have art, whatever day you might have drama or the like. Then they see in the beginning of the day at that eight o'clock what's coming up for the entire day. They can be warned and they can have advance notice what's coming on. They look at the clock. Once they know how to read the time, they say, oh, it's 10 o'clock, Miss J or Mr. T. We know that it's going to be time. For the next activity, Miss D, it's time to go here. Are you ready to go? They have the forewarning. They have the symbol. They have the schedule. They know what's going to come up, and it'll be much more helpful. And then we also talked many times about chores and tasks in the classroom. And then if you're going from thing to thing and kids have the jobs, they know what job they have. Okay, Johnny, cleanup monitor, please come here. Attendance monitor, Charlie, can you go bring it over there? That's also good to help them transition to their tasks as well. Also, number two, allow the student enough time to experience the activity before or moving on to the next activity. If you give the kid the Play-Doh for 30 seconds, he's not going to be happy. Everybody loves Play-Doh. There are many types of things, many types of tests all kids love. If you only give them 30 seconds, it's not fair. It's not enough time. Let them have 5, 10, 15 minutes with each activity. Let them experience and explore the activity for the amount of time and then warn them when it's going to be over. Number three, make sure the student understands what the directions are or what is expected of him or her. Don't put him down at the table with coins and expect him to realize you want him to label and understand which coin is which. You have to give the instructions and the directions and let them be clear, concise, one step at a time. Don't give them 15 steps at a time. Some students will need to be taught how to follow the routine. This takes practice and time, but it can easily be done. We just have to put the effort and it'll be able to be happening well for the children. Number four, provide verbal and physical cues. And I would also say visual cues that a transition is approaching. You could use that time timer. You could use picture symbols and verbal and the physical cues. We're only we're almost done. Five more minutes, everyone. Three more minutes, everyone. There are plenty of visual timers like the time timer that can be used to provide warnings for transitions. I like the physical time timer, but there's also an app on the, fi- on the iPhone called time timer and it's like 399 or whatever well worth it it's very helpful number five modify schedules to have the least amount of transitions possible for example if a student is already out of class to go to the nurse or another related service it may be a good time to schedule therapy to reduce the number of transitions in and out of the classroom another Option would be to provide push-in therapy services, classroom-based, to avoid transitioning in and out of the room, provided you can actually accomplish the goal with whatever's going on in the classroom. So many times a kid might have so many different services that they're literally out of the classroom the whole day. If they have speech and OT and PT and counseling and all these other things, they're out of the classroom for like 90% of the day. The student won't like it. The teacher will definitely not like it. And they won't be learning anything in the rest of the day. Try to get into the classroom, push in instead of pulling out, especially if your goals can be in line with what's going on in the classroom. Number six, sing songs or chants to single transitions. At the school I work in now, we say three more minutes and then it's time to clean up. And then when it's time to clean up, we do the regular song we do. Now it's time to clean up. Now it's time to clean up. 
everybody up. I don't even remember how it goes, but it goes something like that. And then they also do um, clean up, clean up, everybody, everywhere. If you use the same songs each time, every day, the children can anticipate and learn what is going to happen next. The children will be able to anticipate, will understand and know what's happening next. When we start singing those songs, all the kids realize it's time to get themselves together. Let's go sit down for lineup and let's go clean up all the different things around. And don't wait till the last 30 seconds. Give yourself three minutes for cleanup time and whatnot. If you know that the gym period is 40 minutes, then use the last three minutes for cleanup. Don't use the last 30 seconds. That's not enough. Number seven, provide feedback about transitions. If a student does a good job transitioning, explain to him or her what they did correct. Positive reinforcement is always better than negative reinforcement and punishment. Rewarding for positive is always better. Research has shown that it's always proven to be more effective than the negative and going towards the punishment. If changes need to be made after suggestions uh, of how to improve the transition the next time. If changes need to be made, I mean offer suggestions, excuse me, of how to improve the transition the next time. Number eight, as the student's skills improve during transitions, encourage the student to transition independently. Number nine, keep it simple with directions for the transition. One or two-step motor commands should be effective and concise and clear. Don't give them five steps at once, please. One or two steps at a time. And number 10, provide positive reinforcement. Always positive reinforcement is better. For other students who complete transition successfully, students will learn from each other and model other behaviors. A lot of times when we do an activity, we as the adults, as the teachers, as the co-teachers, as the therapists, we should really model the behavior, model the action, model the task we're looking for, and then the kids can learn. Kids can learn from seeing a lot more times than from saying. You know, learn from what I say more than what I do. It's not true. They really learn from actions. They learn from what you do more than what you say. So show the action, show the activity, show the task, show how to transition, how to line up, and how to do whatever you're doing in the classroom. If you throw it in front of them, they might not know how to do it. But if you model it, they will know how to do it. Join us next time as we talk about some suggestions to help children sit still here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.